Hello everybody. So sorry about my absence the last couple of weeks, but I seem to run out of time every week with different things going on around me. We had the FLA here in Mullingar last week, which meant I didn't have my usual time for research. Hopefully though, once the holidays are over and September comes around, we'll all be back to normal. So what have I got for you this week? Well, it's a subject that we don't like to talk about. Why? Well, maybe we would have to nail our colours to the mast, or at least we feel we do. And we don't like to do that because of what others might think of us, or we might be criticised, or just look different. And yet we seek to stand out. We seek and demand to be unique. And maybe we don't want to narrow it down because I might have to change the way I speak or behave. Possible? I will almost guarantee there will be a reason. And it will have very little to do with the topic and more to do with our judgment as human beings. So what is it? You'll have to wait till after this. I'm leaving on a jet plane today To take all my pain away Don't worry, I'm always okay And I don't know what else there is to say This world, it don't owe me a thing You can't expect it all Hallelujah Come take a chance on me I'm packing my bags and saying hey I tried so many times to change I broke my back all the same Now I can't waste another day This world, they don't owe me a thing You can't expect it all for free Hallelujah Come take a chance on me to the subject what is it spirituality the dreaded word 
Now, I know I've mentioned this before in a podcast, but I was asked recently why I didn't take more time on it. And the person was right. If I can't speak about what I believe in, that is beyond myself, then I have to ask the question, why? What am I afraid of? And the answer to this will always be both fear and judgment from others. So as I'm 57 years of age, what the hell would I be afraid of from others? I'm too long in the tooth for it. So let's take a little look at what spirituality actually is. It's described as the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul, as opposed to material or physical things. Ooh, that sounds terrifying, doesn't it? Especially as humans, we value physical things over spirit or soul. Because we can control our physical things and the physical world around us, because we can touch it, we can feel it. But we don't or can't or don't want to touch or feel spirit or soul. Oh, spooky. So what is it? It's a personal exploration. Spirituality involves a recognition of a feeling or a sense or belief that there is something greater than myself. In other words, there's something greater than me. There is something more to being human other than just sensory experience. And that the greater whole of which we are part is cosmic or divine in nature. There you are. Now, as far as I am aware, there are only three types of spirituality. But I'm open to correction on this. They are spiritual individualism, which is obviously centered on the inner part. Spiritual collectivism, which is based on the idea of institutional. And spiritual dialogue, which is obviously speech. So let's start with the obvious one, spiritual individualism. Now, this is a form of spiritual thinking that really emphasizes the individual almost to the exclusion of all other considerations. And note I said almost. People living um, with this form of spirituality almost totally believe that they are solely responsible for their own reality. And that they're not responsible for any other aspect of creation or anything outside of their own little bubble of creation. This type of spirituality is, I believe, coming from, I suppose, a failure to understand the interconnectedness of the human race as a whole. Which would actually lead us on to the spiritual collectiveness. You cannot have an individual spiritual awakening without being somewhat connected to someone else at some point. Have you ever wondered what people mean when they say, I'm spiritual but I'm not religious? Well, what is usually meant by this is that they are looking for a private connection with the divine. But they have no interest in religious organisations. Other people may believe that religious organisations have value but only because they can help direct people to meeting in their own private spiritual needs. What a load of codswallop. Now, the problem that arises with this, especially the individualism, is that we can become isolated from others within a faith-based self and can, from that, become an anti-institution. 
and I'm not talking here just about the ch- a church institution, but any group that doesn't believe in what I believe. By becoming anti-institution, we leave ourselves open to becoming more isolated. And then we become angry, especially at that group or institution, instead of looking at it with open eyes of possibility. The possibility that I might find like-minded people, or that I might not have to be so angry because I don't feel I belong. You get the idea. Remember, it's not about the institution or group. It's about how I am within or outside that institution. We all need to feel like we belong somewhere. Some of you might be able to tell me whether I'm right in this, but I think it was Sigmund Freud that said, um, a balance between the three, meaning body, mind and spirit, is always necessary. One simply cannot give one of these more importance than the other. Doing so will lead to unwanted psychological complications. Now, again, I'm almost sure it was Freud, but you can let me know. So if that's the case, then if we look at spirituality, if there's no balance, we'll never find true happiness because it's only one part of the whole of us. Whatever or whichever way we decide to freely explore our spirituality, to where we find a path that makes us happy, and that path leading us to personal growth. But by being picky and choosy, we'll destroy the dogmas associated with that spirituality. If I find happiness, then by sharing it, I will feel more happiness. Is that possible? Is that true? If I find love and I share it, what happens? Maybe I change or potentially change somebody else's life. If I don't, what happens? But here is the bigger question. Where did I learn it from in the first place? If I happen to find love, how do I know that's what it is? If I happen to find happiness, how do I know what that is? Where did I learn it from? And I can hear you saying, well, I got it from my parents or I got it from my auntie or I got it from... But where did they get it from? Where was the starting point to love? Where was the starting point to happiness? And How the hell do I know what it is? And if I hang on to it, who's going to benefit? So, on to spiritual collectivism. Well, let's look first at what it actually is. The definition states that collectivism is where people are unified in groups, where social and individual relationships are strong. In other words, collectivism is an act of enhancing groups rather than individuals in society. Collectivism refers to any organisation of people, either cultural, economical or even spiritual, that values group needs over an individual's need. With spiritual collectiveness, it is where this group have the desire to connect with people of the same spirit, of the same belief system. So then that leads us on to asking, well, what is spiritual dialogue or conversation? Now, if I was to ask you to answer that question, what would you answer while you're listening to this? White rain Flowing through my spine Have I lost the meaning of love? Have I lost the meaning of life? Now the answers 
Don't come easy like they used to when we were young When we were strong But I won't be afraid of these cold lines on my face For they may lead me to a better Will you remember what I've done? Will you remember where I've been when you throw my hedge to the wind? you a little background. Spiritual dialogue or conversation, excuse me, will always focus on the quality of one's capacity to listen as well as the quality of the words you speak. Now what this actually means is that we pay attention to the inner spiritual movements of both ourselves and of the person we're speaking to. 
Now this will require us to be very attentive to a lot more than just the words used. We have to be attentive through the quality of our respect and being welcoming and of course being hospitable, especially to the person or persons as they are and not the way we think they should be. We must look at the two most important attitudes that are at the base of this process and that is active listening and speaking from the heart. So it doesn't matter what your belief system is, but these fundamental ingredients must be present. Spiritual dialogue must create a trust and a welcoming atmosphere in order that people, including ourselves, can express ourselves more freely. With this, we can seek that required collective spiritual or consciousness group. So let's take a little look at active listening, which, by the way, can and needs to be used in any relationship, including the relationship with ourselves. Through active listening, the goal is to try and understand others as they are. We listen not only to what the other person says, but also to what they mean and what the tone is, what they might be experiencing on a much deeper level. Basically, what it means is that we listen with a heart that is open and that is able to receive. We call it active because it is in the present at all times. And we're paying attention to more than what our eyes are seeing and our ears are hearing. It is also when we are not thinking about what we're going to respond with. And the welcoming must be without judgment of what the other person is saying, regardless of what we personally may feel about them or what they are saying. Remember, every person is the one who is the expert on their own life. And we have no right to think that we can fix their problem or their life or their spirit. We can only be supportive and give our honest opinion. This connection is the other we talk about being spirit. And you can call it whatever you like. Inner wisdom, good feeling, intuition, even the Holy Spirit or divine connection. doesn't matter what, it, what you call it. With spiritual dialogue, we are welcoming without any bias or prejudgment at a deeper level and a deeper way of welcoming the other person and their uniqueness. Active listening is letting oneself be influenced by the other and learning from the other. Active listening will demand humility, openness, patience and involvement. In the end, it is speaking from the heart and sincerely expressing oneself, one's experience, one's sentiments, one's thoughts, one's feelings. It is where we share our truth as we see it and as we live it, but not to force it onto others. Without this becoming a habit and without some deep form of discernment and knowledge of ourselves and how our higher power is present in our life, and that is, by the way, regardless of whether your higher power is God, Jesus, a tree, a snail, I don't care. But it will not be able to actively listen or speak from the heart. So, to summarise, spiritual dialogue. Actively listen with attentiveness. Listen without judgement. Pay attention not only to the words but to the tone and the feelings of both yourself and the other person. Don't focus on what you are going to answer. Speak with intention, humility and kindness. Speak about your own experiences, your thoughts, your feelings. 
remember to listen actively to yourself and be mindful of your own thoughts and your own feelings before and as you speak. Here's a couple of questions, actually several questions, that you might like to ask yourself about your own spiritual life or spirituality. Number one, who am I? Number two, what are my values? Three, what matters the most to me? Four, what is my purpose in life? Five, what are the things I need to improve and work on? Six, am I completely and truly free? Seven, which do I value more, intelligence or wisdom? Eight, how do I contribute to society? Nine, do I desire to be in a position of power? Ten, what are the top ten things I am most grateful for? And number eleven, do I often feel jealous or envious? Remember in all this, if you can come to understand yourself and what you believe in, you will make more sense of what goes on around you. You will actually learn how to sympathise and you will have your own mind opened. With these in your life, you will have endless options and possibilities. You will also get to learn and understand the world that is around you and that you're part of. And you might even become capable in connecting with other people within that sphere. And it will be seriously easier to identify with other people's feelings if you understand your own. We often talk about spirituality like we know what it is and we relate it so often to religion or religious practices. So many people believe that spirituality and religion are the same thing. They will bring certain prejudices about religion to any discussions or any discussions around spirituality in general. But although they have similar focuses and will emphasise spiritualism as being part of faith, you can be spiritual without being religious or a member of an organised religion. So what's the difference? Well, religion has a very specific and organised set of beliefs and rituals and practices and is usually shared by a like-minded group called a community. Spirituality, on the other hand, is more of an individual practice and has to do with having a sense of peace and purpose in my life. It will also relate to a process of developing beliefs around the meaning of life and connection with others without a necessarily religious value. Stay safe, my friends. Stay well. Namaste.
Dreams, but I'll meet you at the end.